our last podcast for the month of June. So we'll try to take a look at the June standouts on today's show. Welcome to the Friday show. Welcome to a beautiful Kokomo Friday. Scott White and Adam Azer relaxing on a beach somewhere. Not not just by ourselves. That'd be a little weird, but like with friends, <laughs> playing volleyball, ATVing, just good days splashing yeah. around in the water. Hey, Scott, good morning. <laughs> I'd go to the beach with you. I'd go to the beach with you too. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Scott. Glad we squared that away. Everything good with you? Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm doing wonderful. What about you? Thank I asked you. you. See, I Thank asked you. It was a test. It was a test to see if you would ask. <laughs> you know, I'm really in a good mood. I couldn't figure out why. I think I figured out why because I found a new taco place yesterday, five minutes from me, and it's very good and very affordable, and that is just so clutch. So really happy. Awesome. Yep. Thank you. Tacos. Yep. They're delicious. And also, I've got, you know, I got this one league where the guys are starting to come around. I have gone from 11th place to fourth place in like two weeks and in a roto league. And it's, it's, uh, Altuve's running, Billy Hamilton's running, Matt Carpenter's doing everything. It's just clicking right now, Scott. So let's send those good vibrations out to the rest of the fantasy listeners. And oh, that's kind of a Beach Boys reference. Good vibrations. Give me your Thursday standouts. My Thursday standouts, I think I have to begin with Jesus Aguilar, who once again started, once again homered. That is three straight games with a home run. He has homered eight times since June 12th. What's significant about June 12th? That's when... Eric Thames returned from the DL. And you may remember, Aguilar sat three of those first six games after Thames returned. Well, he's sat just one time since. The Lorenzo Kane injuries helped a little with that. But regardless, he keeps producing. If he had the at-bats to qualify, he would have the fourth best OPS in baseball. Wow. He Even not having the at-bats to qualify, he's on pace for... 38 home runs and I believe 109 RBI. Wow. Uh, his BABIP, his home run to fly ball ratio are both, I think they're, I think they're higher than last year now, but they're both in the same range that they were last year. He's, uh, he looks studly and I just hope, I pray the Brewers are on board with that because this guy needs to play every day and if he does, I mean, he might be, he might be like Jose Abreu good. I mean, obviously he's been better than Jose Abreu this season, but you know, we were drafting Jose Abreu third, fourth round. Mm-hmm. He might be that good. So right now, would you rather have Eric Hosmer or Jesus Aguilar rest of season? Yeah, that's an interesting predicament. Uh, I actually wrote about this last night. I used Hosmer as an, the main example I used was with Merrifield because that's a tweet I got, but I, I, uh, I cited Eric Hosmer as another example. The rational thing to do, not knowing what the Brewers are going to do with Aguilar is to make that deal. I mean, you, Eric Hosmer's obviously someone you'd never find on waivers. Aguilar's somebody you picked up on waivers maybe two weeks ago, you know? Um, so you're, you're kind of cashing in and giving up the risk, but I just, I can't get over how much upside you're losing in that deal. I, I think Four times out of five, I wouldn't do that. I'd stick with Aguilar. And from the other perspective, the guy owning Hosmer, I don't know that I'd necessarily trade for Aguilar, but I'd probably be more likely to do that than the the other way around, trading Aguilar for Hosmer. Is it really possible that Eric Hosmer is like the number 20 first baseman in Roto? Because I think he's pretty good. I'm gonna, I'm gonna double check this. I think he's pretty good in points leagues. I think he's top 10. Eric Hosmer is one of the most boring players in fantasy, and I don't even mean that as an insult. Uh, and I think he's fallen actually quite a bit. Maybe he's in a slump, Eric Hosmer. But Jesus Aguilar is the number two first baseman in Roto. He's somewhere around 10th in points because of the at-bats situation. 
Um, but uh, on a per-game basis, it's not even close between the two of them. But obviously, we're also projecting toward the future. Uh, all right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna check on where Hosmer uh, is in the first base standings. That's really just my own curiosity. But I'm gonna nominate Javier Baez as a Thursday standout. Javier Baez is the number four second baseman and the number four shortstop in fantasy. He is the number in points leagues. He's number four second and short in roto. He's number two in both categories. He has a very bad walk to strikeout ratio, which is a little bit worse in points. But that's nothing new. And and he's a guy, Javier Baez, who has batted 273, 273, and 285 last year with a combined 57 walks to 326 strikeouts. Surprisingly, he's better against righties than lefties this year. He's usually a guy who makes all his, all his hay on, against lefties. But it just won't stop with Baez. I've sort of expected him to struggle because the plate discipline is so bad. But he's about he's going to set a career high in steals. Um, he's, I think he's actually already tied it. So he's gonna break that. Um, oh no, he's already said it. I'm sorry. He had 12 last year, or 12 two years ago, and, uh, 13 this year. So, he's running more. He's just, he's just having an amazing year. Javier Baez and Jesus Aguilar, they having, they are having breakout years. And do you think it continues for Javi Baez? Well, you said you expected him to slump. He did slump there for a while. In fact, I feel like it was a podcast recently where we were saying, did we jump the gun? Yeah, you're right. You're right. On a breakthrough for Javier Baez. And look how he's turned things around. And you were not, it was Chris and I, I think we're saying, definitely me, that we may have jumped the gun. And you were like, no, he's still worth owning in a points league, which I disputed because I thought the play discipline would really hold him back. Come on. On pace for a 35-30 season. Yeah, it just sort of felt like a lot of the production was front-loaded, and I just didn't expect him to to have to continue having a great year. And I thought, you know, I compared him to Rugnet Odor, who has to have his best-case scenario to be relevant in a points league. And that's sort of how I felt about Baez, but obviously I was wrong. I mean, the batted ball data supports that Baez is having, you know— like there, there's not there's not really any red flags being raised there with his performance. Yeah, plate discipline's awful. Plate discipline's always going to be awful, but sometimes awful plate discipline guys can still be good in fantasy. And I think with the uh, improved line drive rate and just the fact like he just seems to be tapping into his power a lot more. Twenty five years old, kind of makes sense. I think this is a breakthrough, and. He'll he'll have these hot and cold stretches. He'll continue to have them, but he's must start. Okay. Uh, by the way, Eric Hosmer is the number seventeen first baseman in points now, and number twenty-two in roto. Yeah, I was taking a look at his numbers here while you were talking about Javier Baez. He is well off pace from last year, striking out a lot more too. The BABIP's actually similar, but because he's striking out a lot more. It, it's the batting average isn't that great. He's, so, he's ice cold right now. We, we're catching yeah, I mean, Hosmer at a bad time. Like I, I still say he's the sort of player you'd never find on waivers, and I do think better times are ahead. But yeah, it makes it easier. Like I, I feel like I feel like maybe in an NL only league where you couldn't afford, I don't know. Like it just seems crazy that the Brewers would ever take Aguilar out of their lineup for sure. You know more than. 20% of the time now, right? They 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 got to realize this is the best hitter they have. Yeah. And now we have a Christian Yelich injury. We don't know how serious it is, but they they need that bat in the lineup for sure. All right, we got uh, we got a lot to catch you up on. It's also time to get yourself on sportsline.com. sportsline.com. There's good fantasy content on there. There's great gambling content on there, DFS content on there, sportsline.com. It is a pay site, but we can get you the first month. And it's, by the way, it's very, very low. It's $10 a month. But the first month, we can get you for $1 if you sign up now and you use the promo code PITCH. So use the promo code PITCH, and uh, that will get you one mo- $1 for the first month of Sportsline. After that, it's 10 bucks a month. It's nothing. For that kind of advice, it's outstanding. If you like to gamble, it's a wonderful website for you. Sportsline.com. Check it out. And also, we got fantasy content there as well. Favorite two-star pitcher for the upcoming fantasy scoring week, which is what, 15? 15. Ooh. Favorite uh, two-star pitcher that might be available on the waiver wire. Well, what are we going to use as the cutoff? If we use 80%, it's Domingo Herman. If you want to go a little lower than that, Kyle Gibson is, I think, 61% owned. 
and I like his matchups. I, I mean, even this last start, he gave up some runs, but the strikeouts were high. Oh, boy, do I see someone with some sexy matchups. Who you got? Nate Evaldi at the Miami Marlins and at the New York Mets. 50% owned. Miami Marlins and the New York Mets. Nate Evaldi. Yeah, I'm not I mean, saying I like him go, better than Domingo Armand or, or Kyle Gibson, but right. that's, if you want to go super, if you want to go super sleeper, that seems fine. Zach Wheeler is at, this is not a bad week. Zach Wheeler at Toronto, home against Tampa Bay. I don't think he's actually making two starts oh. because it's a five game week for the Mets. Uh, it's possible they skip somebody and he does, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't pick up Wheeler with that expectation. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna probably get. Oh, you're definitely avoiding Jake Junis, Cleveland and Boston. All right, we'll get yep. more into this later. But Luis Castillo is also available. He has the White Sox and he's at the Cubs. And we will talk more. So your favorite is Domingo Herman. I think Domingo Herman, Kyle Gibson, Nate Evaldi. Those will probably be the three free agents that we are focusing on for two star pitchers this, this week. The big news: Christian Yelich left with back tightness. You Darvish had a setback and no timetable right now for the return, but that stinks because it looked like he might be able to pitch this weekend, but not going to happen. You Darvish with a setback. Shohei Otani has been cleared to hit. He does not need surgery as of right now, but will be reevaluated in a few weeks. Do we have any idea when Otani might return as a hitter? Uh, no, I haven't. I haven't seen a clear timetable for that. Okay. Carlos Correa on the DL with a back issue. Not expected to be a long DL stint for Correa. JT Realmuto expects to play today. Uh, the Marlins backup catcher, Brian Holiday, had set a record. He threw out nine straight would-be base dealers. That streak ended yesterday, Scott. Do you know who stole a base off of Brian Holiday? The first in ten attempts off of the last ten attempts off of Holiday. Remind me who the Marlins were playing? They played the Diamondbacks yesterday. They lost, I believe, 4 nothing. Uh don't remember who stole a base for them. Gerard Dyson stole a base. Gerard Dyson. But it okay. wasn't him. It was no? Zach Granke. Oh, come on. <laughs> yep. Yep, he stole a base. Uh, his second, I think he has seven career steals now. Zach Granke. Uh, Don Mattingly said some really interesting things about Zach Granke, which to me were, were sort of fantasy relevant because it just makes you appreciate how good he is and with sort of diminished stuff. Stuff. Don Mattingly said, he's a baseball player. I don't say that about a lot of pitchers. He's pro- He probably has a better swing than 70% of the guys in the big leagues, and I'm serious about that. And the guy's just an amazing athlete. Like, There was an article on ESPN.com talking about how hard it is to bunt on Zach Granke because he fields bunts so well. So he uh, he's lost so much velocity, and he's he's been so good for so long. Uh, what else we got? Walker Bueller. Walker Bueller pitched out of the bullpen yesterday and got crushed. He had a crazy travel schedule. It was a really tough spot for him. But does this change anything for his outlook? A 91% Owen Walker Bueller gave up five runs in an inning. Well, it's interesting because we were talking, the podcast Chris and I did together Wednesday, I guess it was. We were talking about what happens when Bueller returns because now everybody's healthy. And obviously Ross Stripling's been a revelation, so he he... At the time, he didn't look like he'd be a fixture, but he does now. I I guess I'm a little worried. Like I, it's been presented as this is Walker Bueller rehab rehabbing at the major league level, mm-hmm. him pitching out of the bullpen. But um, unless they're going to give somebody a mini vacation via DL stint, I'm, I'm not sure who he replaces once he has rehabilitated. I'm a little concerned. But we got to hold on to Bueller for now, right? Just to see what yeah, happens. I'd yeah, I'd still hold on to him. Okay. And Travis Shaw returned. And a few other players have returned, Scott. So we're going to uh, open our our open welcoming arms. That was a little loud, sorry. Welcome back. Jorge Polanco's back. Jorge Bonifacio's back. They're both barely owned. <laughs> Do you want Polanco or Bonifacio? Ah, uh, you know what's going to be interesting is what happens when Miguel Sano comes back because you know who 
was playing because Jorge Polanco was suspended is Eduardo Escobar. Can't imagine they're taking him out of the lineup. So I'm no. like it. No, I don't. I don't know that Polanco yeah. has a clear path. I mean, if, as long as they hope to bring Sano back at some point, I don't know that Polanco has clear path to a, a bat. He's not really that good, is he? I mean, Bonifacio is a more exciting hitter, no? In terms of potential, <sighs> I actually had Polanco as a top twenty shortstop before the suspension, and Bonifacio was maybe a top eighty outfielder. So. Uh, I don't think either are really mixed league rosterable right now, standard mixed leagues. Okay. Well, Chris Taylor is also back. He returned to the lineup, and I want to know, do you think Chris Taylor should be owned in 96% of leagues, or do you think he is a waiver wire type of player, Chris Taylor? I don't I don't think he's a waiver wire type of player. Uh, he's been, he was, He's been a guy this year who's the hole's been greater than the sum of the parts. Batting average has obviously been down from a year ago. Everything's been down a little from a year ago, but there's still enough uh, enough pop there that it he had, like he he was still verging on top twelve status at, up the middle. All right, Chris Taylor is currently the number eighteen shortstop in points leagues, number twenty in roto. He's number thirty five at outfield in points leagues, number fifty one in roto. Uh, it's hard to drop a guy who hits leadoff, which he's done 55 times this year. Uh, so, but yeah, and, and the thing with, with Taylor is like he got off to a pretty slow start. He had a 695 OPS in April, and then he had a 944 OPS over his last 31 games, and it looked like okay, he's good. And now he's slumping again. But yeah, it's be patient, I guess, with Chris Taylor. All right, moving on to uh, the rest of yesterday and looking ahead to Week 15. Here's a segment called Players We Are Not Going to Talk About Today Unless You Think They Need to Be Talked About. And those players are Aaron Nola, Clayton Kershaw, and Zach Granke. <laughs> Aaron Nola, Clayton Kershaw, Zach Granke. I don't think any of them need to be talked about. Good. Then let's move to our next segment. Hey, Scott, I think you should move Lance McCullers up five spots in your rankings to 20th overall. That will be ahead of Chris Archer, Carlos Martinez, and Patrick Corbin. The segment again is titled, Hey Scott, I think you should move Lance McCullers up five spots in your rankings to 20th overall. That would be ahead of Chris Archer, Carlos Martinez, and Patrick Corbin. I don't. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I maybe could understand your argument for Archer if, if, uh, you don't think he's going to improve on who he was before going on the DL, but the other two, um, what's wrong with them? I mean, Corbin just had, one of his best starts of the year. Yeah, but Corbin, you look at you look at the last like nine starts or ten starts since the velocity dropped. His ERA is over four. His strikeout rate's still through the roof. Yeah, though. but 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 his ERA is over four, and McCullers <laughs> is McCullers has had really four starts in a row where he's looked. He looks like the curveball's back, and, and he's pitched seven innings six times this year. He's not going yep. super deep into games, but it's not a problem anymore. Uh, he's allowed 40 earned runs of the, uh, earned runs this year, and 15 of them have come in two starts. So uh, aside from those two starts, Lance McCullers has been automatic. Um, he's got a 115 whip. He's not really walking guys like like we've seen in the past. Hey, Lance McCullers is a guy that I have complete confidence in every time he pitches, and I don't feel that way about Patrick Corbin. Okay. Do you? I, yeah. I do. There, there has not been an occasion this year where I thought to myself, maybe I should sit Patrick Corbin. Okay. Um, I mean, if you're making the argument Lance McCullers is good, yeah, of course he's good. But all those pitchers are good. Yeah. There's also the injury history with Lance McCullers. Yeah. We cannot discount that. Okay. So let's, uh, let's see what we got here. Oh, we've got a segment called I've had it up to here with you with John Gray and Jose Quintana and a few others. We're going to read some emails at fantasy football, uh, fantasy baseball, pardon me, at cbsi.com. We're going streaking later. Uh, that's part of the beach day, I guess. Kind of a gross image. Uh, but Reese Hoskins is red hot. Rafael Devers is hot. Jose Peraza, Kevin Kiermeyer. We're going to talk about these guys. They are streaking right now. Uh, I am sort of red hot on the draft app, people. I am catching fire. Now, I did not win yesterday. I think I came third out of five, but I have won three of my last five contests. Now, I heard Chris say the other day that that he uh, prior that he has to look at pitching and uh, yes it's true what you have to do is look at the slate you have to understand how many good pitchers there are but once you identify how many good pitchers there are 
you really have to have to realize that hitters are the way you typically win on draft. But you don't want to be left with a garbage pitcher. So last night it was a four game slate, and I did take a pitcher with my first pick, and that was Lance McCullers. And I lost because my hitters didn't do well, and that was a little bit of bad luck. I thought I had good hitters. I had a couple of Astros, and they scored one run against the Rays. But, you know, it is what it is. But once you figure out how many pitchers uh, are good and worth starting, that's when you start your draft strategy. And it's super easy on the draft app, and you can get a free entry if you use the code FB today when you make your first deposit. That's a real a free entry into a real money baseball draft. The code is FB today. I am absolutely loving the draft app. It's super, super fun. It's a great way to get a little bit of a fantasy baseball fix. They have a ton of other sports on there as well. You can do a best ball draft for football. But sign up on the draft app or on draft.com and use the code FB today, and I will crush you on the draft app. Okay, I've had it up to here with you, Scott White. With me? Well, not so much with you. But people are getting a little mad at us for pumping up John Gray, and all he does is stink time (laughs) after time. 577 ERA, 391 BABIP, ton of strikeouts. But, yeah, I mean, he's bad almost every time. 391 BABIP. You say that like it's uh, uh, something to be... Scared of that's uh, that yeah. should be encouraging. Right he, now, he usually has a pretty high Babbitt, you know, course field. Like it's three three thirty last year, I think. But three ninety one is high. He's been he has been one of the most overpowering pitchers in baseball this year, and just term in terms of can you hit this? No, you can't. I don't I don't know why there's been so much success on the rare occasions they have made contact. But uh, I mean, I don't know what to can't. tell you. I he's out he's out of the circle of trust. If we want to frame it that way. Yeah, look. But I'm still very excited about the potential he's showing. Look, you know, it's tough. Every year, there are going to be players that just have huge second halves. And we can't just give up on people. So, if we did, you know, then fantasy would be easy. Guys pitching poorly, drop them. Get rid of them. We're trying to identify a 29 to 119 walk to strikeout ratio is exceptional. Only 11 home runs allowed in 92 innings. It's not like he's, it's not like that's an enormous problem for him. I mean, that's not a great number, but this day and age, it's not that bad. He's not a guy, John Gray, that's in his history been really bad at home. He can pitch at Coors Field. His last start was seven innings, one run, 12 strikeouts at Coors Field. Granted, it was against the Marlins. Are you going to start John Gray next week against San Francisco? Probably not. Like I said, he's out of the circle of trust. I, I want to, criticize anybody who does start him but i think this is probably the best way to sum up john gray 577 era right terrible 307 fit yeah yeah bet better times are ahead they should be so it's a good it's a good buy low we think <laughs> if not if then no but it, i think it's a good buy low by the way i have uh, i want to talk trade just real quick i've made my i've committed my cardinal sin like three times this year my, my like my big rule is don't trade for injured players. And I've been doing it, and it keeps biting me. And it's just like these guys have setbacks. Josh Donaldson, he's not even close to returning now. Noah Syndergaard. I was supposed to get Noah Syndergaard back like three weeks ago. So that's <laughs> always been a big rule for me. Don't trade for injured players, and I keep doing it, and it's stupid. Adam Eaton. Adam Eaton's back. He's barely playing. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's risky. It's, probably, it's like probably you're, you're like naming my whole Dynasty League team here. <laughs> Yeah. It's crazy, Adam. My dynasty, 24 team dynasty league. I, I look like a juggernaut coming into the season. I am miraculously seven and five, but I have 11 players on the DL. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot of players. All right. Yeah. I, Scott, I have had it up to here. You can't see my hand is really high, people, with Jose Quintana. The guy is just not delivering, sir. Scott. Jose Quintana. No, he's he's not. And what's interesting is if you look at his my my initial reaction when people started complaining about him because I don't actually own him in any leagues. I I can't share in these complaints. But my initial reaction when I saw some of the negative responses on Twitter is, "Oh, look at his ERA over his last dozen starts. It's really good." And it is, but in those 12 starts, 7, more than half less than six innings. 
Yeah. That's, I mean, it, it, you're not high end if you're doing that. It doesn't matter. Well, I guess if the ERA was sub two, you'd still be high end, but <laughs> you know, he, he's obviously not that. He, he's, he's definitely not pitching like a high end pitcher right now. And I'm not sure, like 327 ERA over those last 12 starts, but it doesn't matter because he's not getting quality starts. So do you think he could, uh, do you think he could go on a big run, Jose Quintana? And, and I be, think he could. I yeah. mean, the strikeout rate's still good. The swinging strike rate is comparable to what it's always been. It it's uh, obviously the last two starts have just not been very good. But you know, if he was pitching innings before that, I don't think we'd hold that against him. Uh, I I just think I I don't know if it's a Joe Madden thing. Uh, looking at the pitch counts, my gosh, five. No, four of his last seven starts, he hasn't even gotten to 90 pitches. So I don't know, I don't know what it is. Look at the strikeout rate but, the last four starts, by the way. It's terrible. Yeah. It's probably just a blip in the radar. I mean, that happened to Lance McCullers a few starts right. ago. I, I feel like that's a blip. And you look at the strikeout rates before that, it was fine. Like, I, I think inning for inning, he's more or less the same pitcher. Um, their um, ERA is a little bloated right now. I'll give but, you a stat. You know, three of his first four starts were terrible this year. So, well, inning for inning, I feel like he's more or less the same pitcher. It, I just, I don't know why the Cubs aren't leaning on him as heavily as the White Sox did. Well, I do. Why? Right now, Jose Quintana has a 375 batting average against and a 1321 ERA third time through the order. I wonder if that, I'd have to go look through, oh, guess what? Baseball reference is failing me at the moment. I'd have to go back and look through the year-by-year splits, but I wonder how typical that's been for him. And if it has been typical, I guess you can kind of understand it, but at the same time, you just traded two huge prospects for a pitcher who you're not even willing to let pitch six innings. That seems like a bad choice. And finally, Scott, I have had it up to here with Brian Dozier. By the way, I don't own any John Gray, any Jose Quintana, or any Brian Dozier. But for my fantasy listeners out there, I am going to share. I'm going to give you some empathy. I've had it up to here with Brian Dozier. This is actually a bad version of bad Brian Dozier. Like, this has gone on a really long time, and he has a 218 batting average. I can see Scott is must not have his glasses today because he is looking at the computer screen as as like an 80-year-old would. He's like, huh, Jose Quintana looking at the splits over there. Is it always this bad third time through? <laughs> um, but, um, no, I've, Scott, I've had it up to here with Brian Dozier. He just keeps getting worse. He did steal a base yesterday, though. Whippy. So he's never uh, – okay. I mean, we've been sticking to the same refrain on Dozier, right? Yeah, and I still feel that way, but I just want to point out, like, it is – it is a oh, it's super annoying. I feel fortunate when I lost Elvis Andrews in our podcast league, which is a you know the, the original podcast league, twelve team points league. When I lost Elvis Andrews, I picked up both Andrelton Simmons and Jan Harvis Salarte to replace him. And now that he's back, I, I feel fortunate that I have Jan Harvis Salarte because I've been starting him over Brian Dozier in that league. Wow. Obviously still holding on to Brian Dozier because I'm hopeful he does that Brian Dozier thing in the second half. But I can understand if you have a really good secondary second baseman, you're doing the same. You're potentially benching Dozier. Yeah. I had some others, but we'll uh, we'll skip around. Garrett Richard wanted to give some news and notes. Garrett Richard's going to make a rehab start today. Kyle Seeger's day-to-day. John Heyman says Detroit is unlikely to trade Michael Fulmer. Cole Hamels could be traded before the All-Star break, according to John Morosi. And Morosi also reporting that the Twins are prepared to sell. Matt Chapman could be back in a few days. The Red Sox acquired Steve Pierce, which might actually put, well, maybe it would put Mitch Moreland on the bench. Maybe Jackie Bradley on the bench um, against lefties. Eric Thames homered off a lefty yesterday, Amir Garrett. Here's a fun stat. Eric Thames is 3-for-3 in his career against Amir Garrett, and all three are home runs. 3-for-3 with three homers. Maybe don't that bring in Amir is Garrett. A fun stat. Wow. <laughs> yeah. No more Amir Garrett versus Eric Thames. Uh Brandon McCarthy is on the DL and Mike Soroka is on the DL. So does that oh is is Luis Gohara going to make his way back into the Braves rotate? Let's see how he's been doing in the minors because it hasn't been going well. And while I'm looking him up, I'll get back to Jose Quintana. Um so 
just looking at the last couple of years, yeah, he hadn't been nearly that bad the third time through. I don't know, like, if they're never giving him a chance the third time through, he's not going to have a chance. He's not going to be able to correct that number. Uh, but like you said, so far it's been awful. Uh, so in the minors recently, Gohara for the season has an ERA over six, which is mm. obviously not good. Uh, in terms of recently, like obviously the Braves have a lot of other options. They could use Max Freed. Uh, they could put Matt Whistler in the rotation. Uh, you know, yeah, okay. So the last time Gohara pitched was June 15th. But I have to look into this. All right. Sorry, I don't have an answer. Don't for worry about it. That. I got more important things to talk about, like ways to <laughs> save our listeners money. And we can do that with Lightstream.com. I am actually on Lightstream.com right now. And you want to go to Lightstream.com slash strike. So how is this going to save you money? Well, I'm glad you asked. So this will lower the interest rate on your credit card debt with a credit card consolidation loan from Lightstream. It rewards consumers who have good credit with a great interest rate and no fees. And you can get a credit card consolidation loan from 5.89% APR with auto pay, loans from $5,000 to $100,000. You can choose your funding date. You can get started today on lightstream.com slash strike. Lightstream.com is already giving you great rates, but our listeners can get an additional interest rate discount on top of Lightstream's already low rates. The only way to get it is at lightstream.com slash strike. I'm going to spell it for you. L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash strike. Lightstream dot com slash strike. This is subject to credit approval. Rate includes a .50% auto pay discount. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com for more information. All right. Always saving uh, you money here on Fantasy Baseball today. So it looks like the data wasn't really up to date on baseball reference. I don't know what's going on there, but I looked elsewhere and, uh, Gohara has not had a start in the minors this year of even five innings. Uh, like, we probably need to stop hanging on to that thread. Cause okay. he really needs to turn things around before he becomes a viable pickup in fantasy. All right. Let's see what we're going to do for the rest of the show. Let's talk, well, let's read a few emails. They're fantasy relevant emails for everybody. Paul in Carlsbad wants to trade a hitter in a keeper league for Blake Snell. So he is deciding between two guys who would be 12th round picks next year. Would you trade Ozzy Albies or Juan Soto for Blake Snell? I guess the question is, who would you rather have next year in a keeper league? And this year, Albies or Soto? And they'd both be 12th round picks? Yeah. If he... I think I'd rather have Ozzy Albies. All right, so trade Soto for Snell. Yeah. This is from Justin. Please stop debating whether to start pitchers against the Yankees. The lineup is overrated. Start everyone against them. And the Yankees don't hit guys they've never seen before. They were just shut down and swept by the crappy Rays. You know, every this is what this is one of my theories about baseball fandom. Every team feels like its team. Every fan feels like its team <laughs> struggles against pitchers they don't see often. I no longer feel that way about the Yankees. That used to be I, a thing. I no longer feel that way. I, I feel like that's a total confirmation bias thing. It happens sometimes to every team. And I also you feel like it happens all the time to yours. Don't but, get the sense that Justin is a Yankees fan. I feel like he's uh, a Yankees hater. But I will say this. I looked into the numbers. He's got a point about the Yankees on the road. On the road, the Yankees are like 10th or 12th or something in runs scored. So do keep that in mind. At home, they are like unbe- unbelievable. And you can ask James Paxton about that, who gave up two sort of Yankee Stadium home runs, one for sure, and gave up four runs. It's just a tough place to pitch. Uh But, yeah, I mean, if you want to be a little more liberal uh, against the Yankees when they're on the road, well, I could buy it. Well, you know, sometimes I get annoyed when we talk about sitting high-end pitchers because they have Yeah, no, yeah, right, not high-end like, pitchers. I would never sit James Paxton. Right. Um But when you're talking about those fringies, I mean, the Yankees have a good offense. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, but do you regret – do I regret – I mean, I don't have Vince Velasquez, but I would not have started him against the Yankees at home, and he had a pretty good start. He had a very good start. I think he had four walks, but he had a good start. Do you, no, I don't think you can live with that regret. Velasquez has been uh, – he's had some he's, – he's been uh very hit or miss this year. I think he's absolutely the kind of pitcher you have to play matchups with. Sometimes he's going to – 
do well with bad matchups. Sometimes he's going to do poorly with good matchups, but it's it's the best approach you can take with him. Okay, Jamison Bader from Holland, Michigan is in a 10-team Roto League. He needs a catcher. Pick a catcher for him, Scott White. Kurt Suzuki, Mike Zanino, Jan Gomes, or Tucker Barnhart? Kurt Suzuki, Mike Zanino, Jan Gomes, Tucker Barnhart. Uh, in a Roto League, you said? Yeah. I, I think I'd still go Suzuki, even though he only plays half the time. Okay, we've got Andrew, who says, Dear Steven, BB, Don, and Billy Jean. Tennis players, maybe? Uh, yeah, alright. Can you please rank these pitchers rest of season? Skaggs, Bueller, Newcomb, Bieber, Roark. Scabs, Skaggs, Bueller, Newcomb, Bieber, Roark. I would rank them... I would rank them Newcomb, Skaggs, Bueller, Roark, Bieber. Newcomb, Skaggs, Bueller, Roark, Bieber. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Last one, Dylan from Philly. Greetings, non-zero chance. I haven't heard a lot of discussion lately about Joey Gallo. He's been batting eighth and hasn't hit a home run in almost two weeks. What do we do with Joey Gallo moving forward? Yeah, that's that's a fair question, and I don't have a great answer for it. Uh, he's such an oddball player because, you know, he's going to be horrible at batting average. In theory, he should be 40-plus homers pretty easily. I feel like the playing time has dropped here too for him with, with him kind of in, in a slump right now. Their Rangers are having to find at bats for Jerks and Profar now that Elvis Andrews is healthy again and Rugnet Odor is at least looking competent at the plate again. Um, and Gallo's been one of the ones to suffer. I don't think that's a long-term thing. I think he gets hot. It'll, it'll go okay, but like in a points league, Rowley, obviously, you're holding on to him for the power. You're probably starting him because the lineup's deeper. But points league, I don't know that he's necessarily must own. Scott has moved Max Muncy ahead of uh, Joey Gallo. And I think what you have to realize is with high strikeout guys, they are streaky. You know, and this will happen. Joey Gallo could have a five-homer week, you know, to make up for it. So you just... You need him to hit better than 200. He's batting 191 right now, but he's going to be a streaky guy. He still has 18 home runs. That's pretty good. Uh, but he's on pace for about 36 home runs, which I think would be a little bit disappointing. Yeah, it like wouldn't Gallo, be good enough. Yeah, given he has to his probably hit batting average more. limitations, given how much he strikes out. Yeah. Okay, uh, some hitters who are doing better than Joey Gallo lately. Reese Hoskins, since coming off the DL, he's batting 329 with an 1100 OPS, seven home runs. Woo! Reese Hoskins. Break your jaw, save your season. There you go. Yes. Uh, well, he fooled us. Uh, no, I would say he got off to a good start, but not this good. This is encouraging stuff for Reese Hoskins. He's been carrying their lineup the last few days. Uh, Rafael Devers. Well, I'll tell you what. Rafael Devers, Jose Peraza, Kiermaier, Jackie Bradley, Jesse Winker, and even C. Riss Davis are doing some good stuff lately. Does anything mean much to you? Hoskins, Devers, Peraza, Kiermaier, Bradley, not Hoskins, sorry. Devers, Peraza, Kiermaier, Bradley, Winker, and Chris Davis with a C. I think the fact that Kiermaier is 27% owned is the most interesting thing here. Yeah. Because he was on, you know, he missed, what, a third, 40% of last season. But if you project out those numbers, you're talking about close to a 25-25 season. So five outfielder Roto Leagues. Got to be owned. It probably started. Kevin Kiermeyer, yep. Um, Jesse Winker. I, I think there's been a clear shift here performance-wise for Winker. Four of his six home runs this season have come in June. He has more walks than strikeouts, a 385 on base percentage. Really all that was lacking was the power, and it's showing up again. The batted ball profile uh, – says it should have never disappeared like it did. So I am excited about his potential, but of course there's the overcrowded outfield in Cincinnati, and lately he's been the one suffering the most from that, hmm. losing playing time. So I don't think he's 
really rosterable in three outfielder leagues yet, but if it was if I had a lot of lineup space, a lot of bench spots, he'd be somebody I'd be interested in in stashing in the hopes that Billy Hamilton gets traded or or whatever, an opening develops somehow for him to play every day. Yeah. And we don't talk about this enough, but in in daily leagues, you know, because we often say guys who sit a lot are not really mixed league relevant. And that's true if you have weekly lineups. It's frustrating, you know, especially in a points league. But in daily leagues, you know, a guy like Jock Peterson becomes a lot more valuable. A guy like Jesse Winker becomes a lot more valuable. Um, so, you know, keep that in mind. Uh, Chris Davis, do you think he could go berserk? He's three home runs in his last seven games since not playing for ten days. I guess it's possible. I'm not counting on it. There's no league I'm looking to add him right now, but... I mean, we we know there's a lot of power potential in there, so it's possible. Time to take a look at the most added players in CBSSports.com leagues. If we've done our job right this week, we should have most of these guys covered. Shane Bieber, Freddie Peralta, yes. Brent Suter, I believe he's a two-star pitcher. He is. Um, he has the Twins and the Braves next week. So how does he rank with Domingo Herman and Kyle Gibson and Nate Evaldi? Brent Suter. He is closer to Evaldi than the other two. I don't think he's a bad play necessarily. He's he's been he's been pretty good lately. The I think the last three starts are uh, among the deepest he's pitched. Oh, this they year. are the deepest. They're the only okay. starts in which he's gone more, th- more six or more innings. But it's obviously a a, a positive trend there, yeah. and I, the swinging strikes have been up too. Uh, he's he's one of these soft tossers who succeeds in spite of that and those guys are always a little scary but i think he's he's i think he's i think he's pretty good would rather have the beebs or suitor beebs austin romine is on the most added list for uh went from four percent owned to 28 percent owned would you rather have austin romine or say kurt suzuki suzuki okay uh, Zach Eflin is on the most added list. We talked about him. He's, he's below Shane Bieber, but we talked about Eflin a lot yesterday. Uh, Derek Dietrich is 59% owned. We haven't really talked much about him. He had a great week last week. It's cooled off this week. He homered in three straight games. They were at Colorado. <clears throat> yeah. He's having a good year. I mean, let me just look at the overall production for well, Derek Dietrich. You'd look at his numbers from the last six weeks or so. He's been on fire. Yeah. But there there have been some playing time issues in there. They don't always start him against left-handers. And it's been a little too good to be true. I mean, his BABIP's 366. He doesn't walk much, so he really needs to be hot to be startable. Yeah. Um, I think if he was playing every day... It'd be fair to say he belongs on mixed leagues rosters, but since he's not, he's he's somebody who you only use when the matchups are right. I mean, Derek Dietrich has 13 walks of 75 strikeouts, and he ain't Javi Baez, so I just don't think he can have a 294 batting average. He doesn't steal bases, so yeah, it's gonna like Scott says, gonna take a hot streak. Uh, Tucker Barnhart and Jan Gomes are both 60% owned. Scott would take Suzuki over both of them based on the email we had earlier. Um, Shelby Miller is 40% on Yeah, go ahead. I, I think it might be getting pretty close between Suzuki and Barnhart in a, in a points league. Barnhart plays more often. He's not as good game for game, but he plays more often, has good plate discipline. So I could see using him over Suzuki in that format. All right. Yeah, I still think that Shelby Miller might be a little overowned. I mean, 40%. Uh, I'm not sure I get that. But uh, let me bring up Enrique Hernandez again. 20% owned Enrique Hernandez, and he did play yesterday with, where was he? He was in left field yesterday with Chris Taylor back in the lineup, and Enrique Hernandez is scorching hot right now. He is. He is. It, it won't be a long-term thing, him playing this regularly. It's obviously because Chris Taylor's hurt, and, and uh before then, he was in the lineup a lot because they had a stretch of a lot of lefties. That's still his role primarily is platoon options. So unless you're talking about a daily league where you really want to keep a guy who's going to yeah. be a lefty masher, I don't think I don't think Enrique Hernandez is that valuable. You need a lot of roster spots for that. But if you are in a yeah. daily league and you can make an ad right now, 
Marcus Stroman is facing the Tigers tonight, and he is 71% owned. And uh, I think, you know, that seems like a must-start situation, Marcus Stroman against the Tigers. A.J. Minter's on the most added list. I dropped A.J. Minter. I expect Vizcaina to be back uh, this weekend maybe. And Kyle Tucker, Scott. Kyle Tucker is on the most added list at 41% owned. He is an Astros oh, well. minor leaguer. Well, well. I don't know why he isn't already in the majors, to be honest. Over his last 16 games, this may not include the numbers from yesterday, but over his last 16 games, he's batting like 475. He's raised his batting average 40 points during that stretch. And they, their most obvious need is left field. I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. I feel like the Super 2 concerns are past us. Um, I feel like it's inevitable that it's going to happen. So he is like I'd still rather have Vladimir Guerrero or Aloy Jimenez, but I would expect to see Kyle Tucker in the majors before either of them. How good of a prospect is he compared to oh, those guys? Those two are top five. He's probably top ten. Oh, okay. Okay. Kyle Tucker, 41% owned. All right, that's really somebody who hasn't been on my radar and is now. So thank you, Scott White. He's, he he runs, too, which is not something those other two do. He, At least as, as the Astros will allow, he should steal some bases. So yesterday, <laughs> the cruel, cruel irony, Scott. What did we argue about on Monday? What did we get into, remember? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember. A guy whether, that— Whether or not— it makes sense to stream one start pitchers, right? Well, uh, yes. And specifically Mike Lee. Specifically Mike Lee, who yeah. I thought was going to have a home start against the Royals and looked like a great start. Then I found out somebody tweeted me and said, hey, did you see they bumped Mike Leake up in the rotation? He's going to be at Baltimore instead of home against the Royals. And I said, no, I didn't see that, but thank you, because now I'm not going to pick him up, and I'm not <laughs> going to use Mike Leake. Seven innings, two runs, six strikeouts at the Orioles. And I know the Orioles are bad, but I was obviously concerned about the ballpark. And I feel justified because both runs scored on home runs. He gave up two home runs. They were both solo homers. So I think he got a little lucky. But I should have streamed this one-star pitcher. My big. Well, I mean, he's been he's been good lately. Seven <laughs> of the last eight starts, six innings plus, two earned runs minus. He's got 222 ERA in his last eight starts. But Mike Leake does this. He's a streaky pitcher. I will never mm. buy in long term to Mike Leake. Yeah, no, I agree, and I still think I'm not sure if I framed it. Was streaming one start pitchers is that? Yeah, is that the right way of framing that? Yeah, because um, obviously that makes some sense in daily leagues, but yeah, weekly leagues not so much. Uh, I I mean it's it's a weird situation because like I think Mike Leake is good enough that if you have if if you have a shortage of starting pitchers, he's somebody you could certainly think about starting right now. But I just know in none of my leagues am I in a situation that I'm adding leak for a singular good matchup. And I, I still think that process is correct, even though obviously he pitched well yesterday. Yeah, it's got to be a deeper league, uh, you'd think. And um, it, in my case, it was. But I didn't do it, so oops. Uh, let's, uh, by the way, her, uh, Hector Rondon got a save. Sir Anthony Dominguez got a two-out save. I'm thinking they didn't want him to pitch because he had a two-inning save the day before, but Tommy Hunter was awful in a 4-1 game in the ninth. He came in, he gave up two runs, got one out, and then Dominguez came in and finished the job. Fernando Rodney finally blew a save. It's been a long time. He blew his fourth save, and Sam Dyson's been bad. So Mark Melanson is 45% owned, and maybe he jumps into the closer's role. Sam Dyson has not done well in his audition since Hunter Strickland's injury. Um, all right, so we're going to end the show with uh, two-star pitchers for Week 15 and some streamers for the weekend. First of all, uh, any issues starting Bumgarner at Colorado and home against St. Louis? At Bum? No, I have no issues. <laughs> uh, t- gosh. Dallas Keuchel at Texas and home against the White Sox. I would certainly start him in a points league. Roto, I'd have to think twice about it. He's he's out of the circle of trust, Adam. Sean Newcomb at the Yankees and at the Brewers. Yep, start him. How about Michael Fulmer at the Cubs and home against Texas? I feel like Texas has been a pretty tough matchup lately. But I don't feel like I have the energy to look that up. (laughs) (laughs) 
Definitely start Fulmer in points leagues, and I probably start him in Roto too. Okay, I, I've mustered up the energy to look up Texas and what they've done lately. Well, I know the Cubs have not been a very or have been a good matchup for pitchers lately. And they'll want, they won't have Chris Bryant for that game for Fulmer. Yep. Uh, they have, yeah, they've been pretty good lately. Uh, not, yeah. You know what? The Rangers. The Rangers. Since June 16th, they've scored 5, 13, 6, 4, 3, 8, 9, 0, 7, 2, and 5 runs. That's pretty good. They are, they're swinging the bat. Okay. What else we got? We got, Tanner Roark, uh, yeah, Tanner Roark, Boston at home, and Miami on the road. You gotta start him, right? Yes. Kyle Freeland, San Francisco at home, Seattle on the road. Kyle Freeland. I, I think I'd do that. Andrew Heaney at Seattle and home against the Dodgers. Yeah, let's do that too. Alright, so that brings us to Brent Suter, Junior Guerra, Domingo Herman, Kyle Gibson, Luis Castillo, Nate Evaldi. Uh Let's go through one by one. You're going to start Herman against the Braves in the and at Toronto. You're going to start Gibson at Milwaukee and home against Baltimore. Those are your two favorites, Herman and mm-hmm. Gibson. Yeah, those are the ones I'm excited to start. Now, I don't think I have I would have any problems starting Suter, Guerra, or or Guerra. Uh, I'm not necessarily forcing them onto my roster if they're not already. But they 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 seem like if if I if I like them enough to own them when they're making one starts, they seem like fine options in a two start week. I based on what he has done, I should trust Nate Evaldi at the Marlins and at the Mets. You look at the game log, you see seven and a third innings, five earned runs at the Yankees. I believe he gave up one or two earned runs heading into the eighth inning. And then the bullpen let the inherited runners score. That was a pretty good start at the Yankees. Six innings, four runs at the Astros. That's a pretty good start. Six innings, scoreless against the Nationals. The Nationals have actually been terrible lately, but nine strikeouts. That's a really good start. So he has faced the Yankees, Astros, and Nationals lately. Now he gets the Mets and the Marlins. But, Scott, I just, I don't, I haven't noticed anything different with Nate Evaldi. Um, so I, you know, I feel like it's, I feel like he's still not that great, and I'm, I am not fully on board. But man, is that tempting? No, he shouldn't be. Uh, this, his last start was the first time he had a strikeout per inning. This right, year. right. Uh, but those matchups are good, and I think among players, pitchers owned in less than eighty percent of leagues, um, I mean, you could definitely call him a sleeper. I'd probably rank him behind both Suter and Guerra still when I do my two-start pitcher rankings. He'll probably rank behind them. But I have no problem with you calling him a sleeper or anybody calling him a sleeper. All right, Nate Evaldi. And then Luis Castillo, the White Sox at home, the Cubs on the road. I'd be very, very nervous in a Roto League to have him destroy my ratios twice. Yeah, no, I he's he's another pitcher who we, we like the potential, thinks he, he needs to be rostered, but not in the circle of trust. And, I mean, I could gamble on it in a points league because he has had few disaster starts. As, as uninspiring as it's been, it's usually been like three or four earned runs in five innings, you know? Yeah. So not you're not looking at him hanging a big negative on you, especially right. with two favorable matchups. So I'd probably roll the dice on him in a points league. Not quite sure I'm ready to call the Cubs a favorable matchup. They have been lately. And like you said, no Chris Bryant. Uh, he, well, he might he be might back be back for that one. That's Sunday. All right, and then after that, so we're looking at a group of Erman, uh, maybe even Heaney's available for you. Suter, Kyle Freeland, Guerra, Gibson, Ivaldi, maybe Castillo. Not a bad group to choose from. And then after that, we've got Junis, who's got terrible matchups. Chris Stratton, he's got to start at Colorado. And then home against St. Louis, I don't think we want to start him. I don't know why Chris Stratton's 50% owned. Um, Jake Odorizzi coming off a finally good start yesterday at Milwaukee and home against Baltimore. Probably not, right? Yeah, that's too risky. I, he was good last time, but that was his first good start in like eight. Oh, this was just yesterday. He had eight strikeouts and six shutout innings. It was his first good start in seven. Zach Wheeler, we don't think will be a two-star pitcher. I'm not sure I don't want him for one start at Toronto. Uh, he's been very good lately. I, I think you I'm gonna make I'm, him a one-start streamer, streamer, Adam. 
Stream, uh, I mean, I own him. So, maybe. I'm not afraid of Zach Wheeler necessarily. I think I'm on Wheeler Island. Uh, you hear that? I'm not afraid anymore. <laughs> I don't think there's one other pitcher on this two-star pitcher list that I'm interested in. Marco Estrada, maybe. But he's the uh, Yankees and Tigers at home. Looks like polar opposite matchups. Actually, yeah, you might be able to pull that off with, with uh, Marco Estrada. 46% owned. That's it, though. I I made the mistake of starting, as you know, Adam, because that's on the team we share. I made the mistake of starting you. Frankie Montas for a two-start week where one of the matchups was bad, Cleveland, and the other was Detroit, which looked like the best matchup going. And the Detroit matchup's in the bag. He was awful. So I'm a little, like, I have more faith in Estrada than Montas. Especially the way the change has been working lately, but it's it still seems like a scary yeah, yeah proposition. Yeah. All right, so then we'll finish the show. I'm going to go through uh, all the games this weekend, and we're going to find some streamers. Mike Montgomery against the Twins. I'd be okay with that. Eric Fetty against the. No. You know, this Fetty wasn't he a prospect? Wasn't he like a first round pick or something? Or am I crazy? You are correct on both counts. But he was one of those prospects who you look at the numbers and you're like, I'm not sure why we should like this guy. And obviously it hasn't gone well in the majors so I far. No, but the stuff – I'm just saying specifically from like a dynasty perspective, I wonder if Eric Fetty is a long shot that could pay off because he's got good stuff. Uh, I, I don't know. We don't have to talk about that. But um, CeCe Sabathia against the Red Sox. No. Um. Strowman against the Tigers we like. I'm just going to keep looking here. Chase Anderson at the Reds. No. Sandy Alcantara against the Mets. No. Dylan Covey at the Rangers. I don't want none of these guys. Let's see. How about Julio Tehran at the Cardinals? No. Andrew Suarez at the Diamondbacks. No. Paul Blackburn against the Indians. No. How about Tyler Anderson at the Dodgers? Dang it, Adam, no. <laughs> Ian Kennedy at the Mariners. No. Marco Gonzalez against the Royals. Okay. Yeah, right. finally. Mm-hmm. I don't know what his ownership percentage is, but I'm going to start Marco Gonzalez. I'm starting Gonzalez today in one of my daily leagues. Uh, Matt Boyd or Sam Gavilio, Tigers at the Blue Jays? Mm, no. Adalberto Mejia at Tyler Chatwood? No. Edwin Jackson against no. the Indians. <laughs> Andrew Kashner against the Angels. No. Ty- Yolisha Seen at the Reds or Tyler Malley against the Brewers. Uh, uh, both. Of, neither of those is terrible, but probably no. Seth Lugo at Harlan Garcia. Hmm. Probably not, but I could see calling that a sleeper. Matchup. Jeremy Hellickson at Vince Velasquez. Oh. Velasquez. Man, who is Hellickson still with the Nationals? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's back. He's off the DL. <laughs> oh, that sounds like another. Hmm. Uh, Vel- I could, I could see doing Velasquez more than most of the guys we've named. Yeah. Max Freed at the Cardinals. There you go. Max Freed making a start. Uh, no. Luke Weaver against the Braves. Uh, just compared to all the ones you've listed, I feel like I should say yes, but in a vacuum, I don't know that I do that. Carlos Rodon at Bartolo Colon. Uh, no. Uh, no. How about Trevor Williams at the Padres? Nope. Really? All right. Hey, he's been too unreliable. Shelby Miller or Derek, Rod- Derek Rodriguez at Shelby Miller. I'm not ready to start Rodriguez against a matchup like that. He had that good week against, what was it, the Marlins and the Padres. Mm -hmm. But I'm not ready to do that against the Diamondbacks. How about Steven Matz at the Marlins or Dan Straley in that game as well? Steven Matz at Dan Straley. Uh, Steven Matz. Yeah, I think Steven Matz is good enough to start with that matchup. Matt Harvey against the Brewers. No. How about... John Gant against the Braves. What day are we in? Sunday. Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Uh, No. Lance Lynn at the Cubs. 
Uh, yeah, it's a maybe. Lance Lynn apparently slipped on the mound or something like that, and it completely derailed his start uh, last time out. Mike Clevenger, uh, Frankie Montas, rather. Frankie Montas against the Indians. <laughs> no. <laughs> Chad Bettis at the Dodgers. No. Brad Keller at the Mariners. Derek Holland at the Giants. Derek Holland's been oddly good lately. Mm, he has. Uh, Derek, uh, Derek Holland is at uh, the who? Diamondbacks part Diamond. of me. Nope. That's it. Those are our weekend streamers. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great weekend. For Scott White, I'm Adam Azer. I am going to berate Chris on Monday or Tuesday. Next time I get him on the podcast, he's ducking me. Still have to bring up some beefs with him. So oh, lots of beef. Get pumped for that. Oh, I got a, I got, this is, this is a great three year old, uh, quip here. You ready? Yeah. So I'm talking to my son. He's, he's eating beef and he's like, he doesn't seem to understand what beef is. So I'm explaining to him that beef is cows, uh, pork is pigs. And I'm like, and I bet you can guess what chicken is. Horses! <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, that's great. That's a great way to end the show on this Kokomo Friday. All right, everybody. We'll talk to you on Monday.